Hello, beautiful person. Hello, my food mood friend. Welcome. All right. I want to dive into the topic of reactive parenting versus responsive parenting. Welcome. Here is your hostess and coach, Chandra Zoss, helping people make food and mood changes doable without missing out. Go ahead. High five that like button, subscribe and share while you're there. I keep getting these parents reaching out to me and commenting and asking about how I respond so differently than most parents respond to their kids. Hello, my friend, how are you? I'm in the Dead Sea floating in the water. Go ahead and like and share and follow so we can keep in touch. So I wanna filter this through like, it really a lot comes down to a mindset and a way of thinking about kids and humans and relationships and our mind. So the normal thing is for us to react. Now, I want to share with you like how I think about this and how I my my theories and my mindset behind how I respond. So there's two parts of our brain. There's the primal brain that's very reactionary. And then there's the prefrontal cortex that some people call like the more human part of us or the part of us that's able to think about the future. And what I really like to talk about it is it's the, it's the part of us that can respond versus the part of us that just like automatically reacts. So like I, I work with a lot of parents and part of, the, the, part of what a lot of parents struggle with is they're overreacting. Their, to their kids, like they're losing their patience, they're they're blowing up, they're getting mad, they're yelling, they're um, they're reacting in a way that they don't really like. They want to react. They want to they want to stop overreacting. They want to stop yelling. They want to stop losing it. They want to stop losing their cool. So, what we do together is we understand like what's happening with that reaction. So the first piece is like really understanding that it's normal. It's totally normal to react. There's a part of our brain that is wired to react. Now, it's the part of our brain that's not necessarily our, our higher self, our bigger self. So the reactionary part of our brain, I also really like to call the toddler brain. It's like the part of us that is not so emotionally developed and like with our little ones they're actually primarily functioning from this primal brain from this toddler brain where it's like something arises and they just react like that's what you know kids that that's the regulation that they go through how do they self-regulate how do they how do they um stop themselves or control themselves from impulse reacting, you know, like hit or cry with an explosion or like they're very reactionary. So there's a part of all of us, we all have this toddler part of us. Kids are lacking the prefrontal part of us, the prefrontal part of our brain. It doesn't, it's not fully developed until the age of 24. So if you think of kids and like the inner kid in all of us, there's this reactionary, this impulse to react. Now, what I like to offer is that there's an, this other part of us, this prefrontal part of us, we can choose to notice the impulse, to notice the reaction without acting. Now, this is a process. It's definitely, you listening to this video and hearing this will have a big influence because the awareness piece is huge. 
And there is also a practice to it. There is a, you know, when we react, there's kind of a neural pathway of reaction. We've, we have reacted so many times that way that it's kind of like embedded in us. So to create a new neural path, to interrupt that neural pathway first, and then to create a new neural pathway does take time and attention and practice. It's possible, it's completely possible. But if you're like in that overreactive place, then know that you're like, you're not gonna be able to do this immediately right away, but it's possible. So I want you to also know it's possible. So when we overreact, there's a couple reasons that we do it. One is that it's a habit. One is that it's like an impulse. It's like a, it's just like, it feels like this reflex. It feels like, just like kids, they have this reflex to act or to scream or to yell or to jump. They have, you can see in kids all this impulsivity. So we all have that in part of us. So part of that is like a habitual part that comes from a part of our brain, which we do have the ability to self-regulate and to not act that way. We do have that ability. Another reason that we overreact, and this is one of my favorite places to dive into, is because we don't have any internal space. When we, and I, and I find this all the time with parents, is like we're up to here, right? Like you just don't have any more space for anything. You're out of patience. I know last winter I hit one of these moments and I was like at my, I had nothing. I was, wow, I was really, really struggling. And I like turned to my little one and I was like, I'm being really serious. I, and she was like, what's going on here? And I was just like losing my patience. And then the next time I had like a rough moment, it was like a really, really rough month. And then like, I think it was, I don't know, a few days later or something, I started to like get this same feeling in my body. And my little one looks at me, she's like, are you being serious? And I just busted up laughing. It's like, yes, I'm totally in this like no space, no patience, no, wow. So one of the reasons that we overreact for me was like being serious. <laughs> we all have our different versions of it. But one of the reasons that we overreact is that we don't have enough internal space. We're not taking care of ourselves. We're not filling up our cup or we're not emptying out our emotions is really what it happens. Like when we're not processing our emotions, which we, we all need, kids need, adults need, we all need to a time and a space to be in quiet, to be with ourselves, to allow our brain to process what happened, to allow emotions to move through our body. When we don't do this, and I know parents, it's so easy to put ourselves last and to not find the time, to not make the time to do this, but when we don't do this, we get full, we get up to here, we are full of emotions that we haven't processed, we have no internal space. And so when we don't have any internal space, we overreact because we just don't have any more room for anything else. So one of the tricks to, to responding versus reacting to our kids is self-care, is really taking care of ourself, taking care of our internal space, processing our emotions, spending time with ourselves, reconnecting to ourselves. I know that one of the most challenging pieces for me becoming a mom was that I lost my, I was with my little one nonstop for over the first two years. Like maybe I was away from her for an hour, a couple times a week. Like it was very, very minimal. I was with her. And one of the things that I found that was extremely challenging for me was that I felt like I couldn't have my own thoughts, that I was like constantly being interrupted. I couldn't have, I, I felt like I couldn't have my own 
like string of thoughts. So I realized that I had like kind of, I wasn't taking care of myself. And so I started really understanding that like one of the most important things that I could do for my little one was actually taking care of myself, was actually reinvesting in the self-care practices that I had done extensively before I became a mom and reinvesting in those to really take care of myself. And taking care of myself means exercising, it means eating really well. Those were always like solid for me. But what I had let slip in the beginning was that taking time for myself to connect with myself, to allow myself the time and space to process my emotions, to see what was going on in my mind, to talk to myself, to take myself on dates, to go spend time in nature, to go lay on the ground, to take a bath, to really be with myself. I, I think we all have kind of different versions of it. Those are like my versions of taking care of myself. But what I, when we really, you know, what, something that we often do is we turn towards like TV or we turn towards things that like make us, it feels really good because we kind of like leave our kind of suffering for a few minutes. So it feels like a relief, but the difference of like, and I'm not saying that watching TV is always bad, but like, it's not a self care. Well, it can be a self care tool. I, I, I will, I will say that it can be a self care tool. But what I, the, the practices that I like to, and I do, I do like watching. I love watching rom-coms, actually. Those are like, they make me feel so good. I love them. But the noticing how we can take care of ourselves. I don't want to recommend TV, but I'm not going to make it bad either. <laughs> but there are practices that we can take care of ourselves. So where we're decompressing, where we're really relaxing, where we're re really connecting. It might be friend time. It might be going to a museum. It might be doing things that help us feel present in ourself. And that presence allows us to unwind and let go and relax. And then make space for us to come back to being present and having patience and having capacity and having a deep breath, showing up with our kid in a way that we can not have our emotions up to here and our cup up to here. And I know that you, every parent has this like default belief of like, I don't have time. And I just want to like push back on that and say, we don't really have time not to invest in this or not to take care of ourselves, not to spend this time with ourselves and unwind and empty out all of the stuff that's going on and fill up our cup with connection to ourself, really connection to our presence, connection to our being. So when we take care of ourselves, when we regularly, whatever that looks like for you, whether that's walking three hours a week, one hour each time, three days a week, whether that's going swimming, whether that's going for hikes, whether that's getting massages, whether that's having therapy or coaching or whatever it is that's like gonna help you take care of yourself, that is going to be essential to being able to show up with patience and compassion for our little ones. Now, or for anyone really in our life. Now, the other piece that I want to really offer, and this is a big piece, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here, but I want to name it, is the mindset and the expectations of really anyone in our life, but I'm going to focus on like our kids at the moment. Like 
when we think that our kids should behave a certain way or that they should be developing at a certain pace or they should have their act together or they shouldn't be giving us a hard time or all of the have tos and the shoulds, when we have these expectations on kids and or on ourselves or on our loved ones, it really it makes it feel like things are going wrong when they're not going as we think they should. And so there's a mindset piece to, and I have to have actively done this with my, with myself, you know, my little one, she goes to make a mess. And there's a part of me, my knee jerk reaction is like, don't make a mess. And I actively watch my brain. I'm like, why, why not make a mess? What's my reason? Do I like my reason? wait a minute, kids are supposed to make messes. Kids make messes, nothing's gone wrong here. Okay, now do, is this a mess that I really don't wanna clean up? So then I respond from the place of being like, hey love, like I see you wanna play with this, I don't really wanna clean up this mess today. Can we do something else? It's not that she shouldn't make a mess or she shouldn't even want to make a mess. Like, but me coming at it from don't do that, that's wrong, versus, which is a reactionary way versus, hey, like, I don't want to clean that mess up. So can we do it this way? That's a responsive way of responding to a potential mess that's about to explode in the kitchen or wherever it is. We've been making a, a lot of tahini bread. You should go check out my recipe if you want an amazing tahini bread recipe. We're making a lot of tahini bread. And I've always like loved to invite her into the kitchen with me because I just think that doing things together, I want to do things with her for the rest of my life. So I'm slowing all the things that I'm doing down in order to really include her and be with her because that's what I want for our relationship for life. We'll see if it works out. I think it will. One of the things I've been letting her do while we make tahini bread is playing with the baking soda and the vinegar. She's like having a blast with just like making the, the bubbles explode. So I like give her this little space and she gets to make a mess. Like it's okay to make messes. Kids make messes. Now I get to choose, do I want to let, you know, clean up this mess or do I want to direct her to another mess? That's the re responding way to respond. So most of the time when we're reacting, it's there's a default thought in our brain that something's gone wrong. Like they're making a mess or they fell or uh, they're having a hard time so they're not behaving really well. So part of us thinks something's gone wrong. So one of the best useful things I can give you is to question and offer your brain the thought, what if nothing's gone wrong? What if nothing's gone wrong? That will take out a lot of the reaction. So I'm gonna leave you with that thought. If you're a parent who wants help bringing this into your life, breaking this reality in your parenting, reach out to me, schedule a call, I can help you. Have a beautiful day, everybody, and I'll see you soon.